You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Good morning. Boy, that we are recipients of His love. It's good. Is it just me, or did fall seem awfully short to you? I think I'll just go ahead and say something about it. There's some problems with lighting this morning, and so that's why you're sitting in the dark a little bit there. But uh, we'll be fine, okay? We'll just move along. A, A man said to his wife as they were getting up in years, You know, I haven't always been good to you. She said, I know. And he said, I, I've always wanted to ask you something. I've been hesitant. But we would, we would get into it, and maybe I was a little hard on you. And you, you always kind of retreated to going and cleaning. Yes, she said, I did. He said, well, it, it seemed to help. You, you would come out and maybe like cleaning the bathroom, and you, it was like you were okay. She said, I was. He said, well, I don't understand. How did that help? She said, I used your toothbrush. (laughs) So there's a a lot in life that I don't know, okay? But, But there's a few things that I know for sure. And what I know for sure, one of those things, is that there are going to be seasons in our lives that are hard. There are going to be struggles, even with relationships, like marriage relationships. There's going to be times when we're going to feel financially challenged. There's going to be times when we're going to, we're going to have heartaches come, heartbreaks going to be times when we're in crisis. And I think this is important to say to you this morning. Even when you are following God's call, even when you are doing everything that you know to do to be obedient to the leadership of God's Spirit, and you're living as good as you can possibly live with all the grace that God will give you and you're obeying God with every bit of obedience you can muster and you are following what God wants you to do in your life, there will still be seasons of heartache and trouble and challenges and difficult times. Let me, let me take you to God's Word and, and give you an example of what I'm talking about. Back to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Would you open your Bibles and go there with me this morning? Acts, chapter 16. And I want to start reading with verse 22. We have a guy who is somewhat of a hero to us. His name is Paul. He's a missionary. We've been talking about him. He's going after having been sent to preach the gospel to many groups of people. And he's in a town in Macedonia called Philippi. And while he's there preaching, there are accusations made against him. And in verse 22, it says, this is what happened. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and his traveling companion, Silas. And the magistrates magistrates rather ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. 
So it just got serious, didn't it? They take all their clothes off them. They beat them with rods. Listen to these words. After they had been severely flogged. Now we're talking about a whipping. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So you're being led by the Spirit, are you, Paul? You living your life in obedience to the Lord? How's that working out for you? And so at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. That's not a misprint, by the way. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword. And he was about to kill himself because he thought his prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. Nobody's leaving. The jailer called for the lights and he rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Good words. You know who Dr. Gary Morsch is? Co-founder of an organization called Heart to Heart. When crisis, when disasters happen, they rush in immediately. I remember when the tornado came through Moore just recently, a year and a half ago. They were there within hours with the tent set up and they were giving medical care to anybody who had need. And so I was at some meetings this week at Southern Nazarene University, and he was there, and we started talking a little bit about his recent trip to Liberia, where the Ebola outbreak has been so severe. So I said, what did you do in Liberia? And he said, we set up a crisis clinic to care for people with Ebola. And... uh, out in the jungle, away from everybody, everything. And so people bring their family members there and we put them in isolation. We try to give them medical care, try to save their life if we can. It was, it was interesting to me because my, my friend Jeffrey is in town and he's here with us today. And he had just given me a copy of Christianity Today. And he said, I want you to look at this article on Ebola. And so... The article started that since the Ebola outbreak in the spring, there are 10,000 cases that have now been recorded. And it wasn't really on the radar in the U.S. until Nancy Whitebull, a SEM nurse and a doctor with Samaritan's Purse, 
contracted the virus and were shipped back to the United States for care. We all became very aware of Ebola. And so the article interviews her. I don't know, she said, how I contracted the virus. I took every precaution that I I knew to take. The virus can be transmitted even through a person's perspiration to touch a person who is sweating. Did you ever question God as to why you got the disease? She said, no, I don't remember ever asking God why me. I I did ask God why I survived when so many other people died. She said, I know my relationship with God deepened when I didn't didn't know that I was going to live. Her and her husband had moved there in 2013 and only after a month of serving people who had the virus, she contracted the disease. These words really got a hold of me. She said, we believed that God called us to Liberia. We went there to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. See, here's, here's what I think we do. Even in the Christian community, our, our culture seems to influence us in ways that we don't want it to influence us. But I think we kind of say, wait, 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 no, 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 back, back up, back, back, back. Because I'm talking about somebody here who is following God's call. She believed God called her there. They went to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so shouldn't there be some kind of an, uh, some kind of an exemption that somebody can file? Because if you are following God and doing what's right and going to church and giving your tithe and serving others and helping out, And all of those kinds of things, isn't there some kind of an exemption that, like you can file where that if you're doing good and you're only giving out good, that only good comes back? Because that's what our culture says. But it's not what Jesus has ever said. In fact, he said, you know, the opposite. And so when you open your Bible to Acts 16 and you read the story of Paul, here's a guy who is, you know, being led by the Spirit. We, we talked about him over these last few weeks when we were in the series called Sent. And so the church in Antioch has placed their hands on him and they sent him out and now he's on his second missionary journey. He's tasted what it was to share Jesus and he had to have some more and then he had to have some more. And on this three-year journey, he's saying, should I go to Asia Minor? And the Spirit is saying, No. Well, can I go to Bithynia? No, the Spirit says. So he finds himself in Troas. And he has this vision, like we talked about last week, of a man standing and begging, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so Luke tells the story, immediately we left, because we believe God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here's a guy who's following God's call. He is being led by the Spirit. How in the world, when you are following God's call and being led by the Spirit, do you end up being beaten with rods, flogged, and thrown in prison? How does that happen? 
That's where Paul and Silas find themselves. The, the accusations were, were twofold. They're, they're causing an uproar in our city. The Romans were all about peace. You remember when Jesus was crucified, it was all about keeping peace. If, if you Jews will just be peaceful, then we Romans will let you practice your religion because we have legalized it. It's okay. But then the second accusation was that they are asking us Romans to do something unlawful. And that's because Christianity was not legal in the eyes of Roman government. And so therefore, the ruling was, take their clothes off, beat them with rods, have them flogged, put them in prison. Bob Miller and Karen tend here, and he's on our staff. They have a little girl named Laney who graduated from high school last spring. Laney deferred going to college. Instead, she is now in India. She hasn't been in India very long. You say, well, what is little, what, 18, 19-year-old Laney Miller doing over in India? Well, she's, she's trying to care for street kids. There are so many orphans, so many children without anything. And she wrote in her blog this week, and I read where she said, um, this little girl that is sitting beside me, her little hand in mine. And I realize that she has nothing. She has no home. She has no place to go. She has no parents. Nothing. And I'm holding this little girl's hand in my hand, and she has nothing. Nothing. And Lainey became quite transparent in, in that blog, and she said, I'm so homesick. I've never wanted so bad to see and talk to and hug my family. And, and I kind of want to just blow a whistle right there, you know, and say, whoa, time out. This is Laney. This is our little Laney. Many of you are giving money to help Laney be there. You're praying for her, and we're kind of saying, we don't want Laney feeling so homesick and hurting so bad. And I mean, isn't there some way that if you're going to follow God's call in your life that you ought to be able to say at least if I give out good I just get good back it's not what Jesus ever said would be the case and so that's where Paul finds himself so think with me this way okay at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I think that our temptation is to say, well, maybe something was lost in the translation there. Is that really what they were doing? The Greek word is homneo. It means to sing the praise or to sing hymns to. We even think maybe we have an idea of what hymns they were singing and how they were praising the Lord. And during all of this time when they were praising the Lord and singing, during all of their pain and all their struggle... Something amazing happens. I, I got a feeling there might be somebody sitting in front of me this morning saying, Rick, I, I'm not physically in a prison this morning. I'm obviously sitting here in church. But in, in my mind, I am bound. So there's a situation in my life that I'm dealing with right now, and it has, me, it has me bound. I'm not free to be myself. I'm not free to live and laugh and 
I'm not free to, to sometimes even enjoy and be with others. I've, I've got a situation that I'm dealing with. Or maybe it's a relationship that I am struggling through right now. And, and that situation with that relationship has me just bound up. Or maybe it's my past that I can't seem to get beyond. And although it was years ago when it happened, it still has like a grip on me. It still has its arms around me. It still has me clutched in its grips. And I'm not free. Maybe you said, our house, we're dealing with a financial struggle, a financial strain. And it has colored all of our life. Or maybe it's a physical problem that I'm living with, a diagnosis that I've been given. And right now, I'm just at a place to where I'm just not, I'm just not free. This This, whatever it is I'm dealing with, just has me wrapped up. And frankly, Pastor, I I can't see, I can't see a way out of it. Or I can't see it changing. I can't see how it's going to be resolved. I can't see how God is going to work in this. Do, Do you think they did? Can you imagine Paul? In prison, assessing his situation. His feet are are bound in stocks. His body is in physical trauma from having been whipped. I wonder things like this. Does he wonder if his jaw is broken from being hit with the rod upside the head? In Kentucky, we would say upside the head. I think that's why I said that. (laughs) I'm in this dungeon. It wasn't a clean jail cell that we think of today, rodents everywhere, people die in these dungeons. I can't imagine him turning to Silas and saying, Silas, I think things are looking up. I'm feeling hopeful, are you? No. And I would understand if you argued with me and said, but pastor, we know the end of the story and God brought them through. God is going to bring you through too. He's with you. He's made you promises He's going to keep. He's not going to forsake you in the midst of this. He's not going to turn His back and walk away. God is going to bring you through also. Sometimes life gets stressful, doesn't it? So I'll, I'll just be confessional to you this morning, okay? I think it's important that I do this. I, I've, been, I've been going through, you know, a, a little season of my life here that, that got a little bit heavy on me. I'll just be honest with you about that. And I started carrying it kind of hard. And, and there were a lot of stresses just kind of coming. And they just kind of started adding on, building up. Annette... Very aware. Praying with me. Trying to help. You, you may be sitting there thinking, hey, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot more than you're dealing with. You, you don't need to let it all get... Well, you're right. There are a lot of people dealing with a lot more than I'm dealing with. That's true. And I shouldn't let it. But I did. And Wednesday morning, I got up. I opened my Bible. I started my devotional time. And let me tell you, God came to me. I jumped up and I ran 
into the bedroom and into the bathroom where Annette was getting ready. And I said, Annette, God, God is speaking to me. And she started putting everything down and she said, I want to see. Come in here, let's sit down. We sat down and I read it to her. We held each other and we prayed together. And the best way that I can say this to you is this, that, that God just set me free. He just, he just lifted all of that load off. He just, he just set me free. And so when I read the story about Paul and Silas, here's what happened. At midnight, there was such a violent earthquake <laughs> that the prison doors flew open. All their chains came loose. I did all the research I knew to do because I knew you would be interested. And I can't find any data anywhere that suggests by any archaeologist or anybody else that the earthquake was a result of fracking. There is nothing anywhere that says that fracking was involved. Nowhere I could find anything. But I knew you'd want to know, so I looked just to see, to be sure. And so they were set free. I, I, I love this part about the story, because what they immediately do is they begin to go and minister to the jailer. Because listen to these words, will you? With Paul, it was never about easy. It was never about comfortable. It was never about an exemption from suffering. It was always about the mission. My focus is on what God wants to do through me. That's what my life is about. And God will walk with me through the other stuff. You love that? I love that. At our meetings with Southern Nazarene University the other night, we had a dinner, and after the dinner there was a concert. It was the university singers. Man, they're good. Really good. There's a band, ten singers. They're tight. And so they were doing upbeat music, and there's some jazz feel to some of their songs, and it was just it was great. And then, and then there's no instruments, and, it, and it's just these singers. And they sing, Be Thou My Vision, acapella. Beautiful. I wasn't quite prepared. I didn't remember the last lines, but here's what they got to. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. (laughs) Whatever happens, still be my vision. O ruler of all. Do you remember me telling you about the mom whose 17-year-old daughter was dying with cancer? Hospice has set up camp in their home. She's in the last days of her life. And I stopped in her kitchen on the way out the door after praying. And I said to her, how you getting through this? How you doing it? You know what she says to me? I sing these praise songs. If I'm doing the dishes or doing her laundry or giving her a bath, I sing these worship songs and they somehow get me through. So what do I do in my hard time, Rick? I think you give him praise. At some midnight hour, if you find you're in a prison in your mind, Reach out and praise, defy those chains, and they will loose in Jesus' name. 
It's a song that a group called Sailor sung, and I've asked these guys. You're okay if they come back, right? That's a good deal, if they come back and sing again? And I asked these guys to sing it this morning. And I thought it would be a great, a great way for us just to kind of pause here and let the Lord speak to us, okay? So, Father, that's what I ask in Jesus' name in this moment. That by the power of your Holy Spirit and your word, you will speak to us. In Jesus' name.
feel like we ought to linger for a moment and maybe just just sing one more time and if you want to come and pray this morning you're free to do so if you need Jesus in your life this morning you can find him here today if you're going through a struggle in your life and you want to talk to him about that struggle you can do that today if you need physical healing today there'll be pastors here we'll be glad to anoint you and pray for you so could we just sing a little more, and if you want to come, feel free to do so. Yeah. We bless your name. face shine upon you, and may he give you peace. Amen. God bless you. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.